Well, hello, this is Miriam Shulman, and you're listening to the Inspiration Plays episode number 50. Today's episode is sponsored by The Writer's Sketch. The Writer's Sketch is a poetry collection by Ronald Shulman with my artwork. Everyone who orders it will also get the free audiobook version. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world inside a podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hello, this is your host, artist Miriam Shulman, and you're listening to episode number 50 of the Inspiration Place podcast. I am so thrilled that you're here. Today, I've got a special guest. (laughs) Before I bring him on, let me give you a sneak peek of what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're talking all about self-publishing an art and poetry book. So you're going to discover how to self-publish, how we launched this book, the fears we had to overcome to launch this book, Plus, we'll be reading an excerpt. And in case you haven't already guessed, my cohort today is none other than my husband, Ron Schulman, who authored a book of poetry called A Writer's Sketch with my artwork to illustrate the pages. My husband, Ron, has been in affordable housing for 30 years. This is his first poetry book, but his second self-published book overall. His first self-published book was a memoir. This book, however, we're launching over on Amazon, and you can order it today. So welcome to the Inspiration Place, my husband, Ron Schulman. Hey, Miriam, how are you? Good. Welcome to the show. I just have to tell my listeners that although the poetry book was completely your idea, I decided that if you were going to self-publish a book, you had to come on the podcast. Correct. And that's why I'm here. Yeah. And our kids have been teasing us for weeks about this. No pet names. Got it. (laughs) Okay. I think a lot of people who know you, and even people don't know you, they're going to want to know your history with writing poems. So I started writing poems in 11th grade because the teacher at my school in upstate New York, her name was Mrs. Clark, told us all that we were authors and poets, and she told us to buy what she called nothing books, which are the journals. I remember those. Yeah. yeah, the journals that you buy today in the store to write. And our project for the whole year was to write and put in entries of short stories, poems, whatever our thoughts were. We could illustrate it. We could cut out pictures. And she just empowered us to become authors at the age of 16 or 17. This was in high school? In high school, in 11th okay. grade. So I wrote a lot from that point on. So that's 1979, 80, 81. I graduated high school. And then I continued to write in college. And then over the years, you know, as I guess, working years, I started to write less, and then I came back to write more in the last 10 years or so. Okay, so when you were in high school, did you publish any of these poems, like in a high school newspaper or journal? No? No, I didn't, actually. And we had a very good yearbook, and we did have poetry in the yearbook, but I just didn't get around to doing it back then. And why was that? I was involved mostly in sports. I was really more of a jock type of... I was a good student, but I was more into sports than publishing poetry. Now, did you not do it because you were afraid of putting it out there or just you didn't see the point of doing it? Like what was the reason? I honestly didn't think about doing it because it wasn't really my identity back then. 
Got it. So your identity in college, you didn't play sports in college, so you still weren't identifying yourself as a writer? No, I think in college I was just trying to, you know, get my degrees in urban affairs and then a master's in urban planning, and I was just writing on the side. And going to a big school at Hunter College in New York City, you're just one of 16,000 people. I never really pursued the literary path there either. I was always doing it by myself. But when you were dating me, you were very quick to point out that you were writing poetry. Exactly. That was a good catch to date somebody. Here are my poems. And I showed them to you, I think, on our first date. Oh, yes. First, it was, would you like to see my pictures from my cross-country trip? Exactly. So I met Miriam at the end of 1990, December. And I had taken a cross-country journey across America in September of 1990 by myself, which was kind of crazy looking back. I drove about 9,000 miles all over the country for about three and a half weeks. Thank God that was before you met me. Right. And that was before cell phones, too. That's true. Now, did you write during that journey? I did. I wrote a lot during that journey. And a lot. Of, there's probably a half dozen poems in the book from that trip. So what comes to mind like about different states that maybe you wrote about? The Western United States are so beautiful. The landscapes um, in South Dakota. Montana. Montana, Yellowstone. South Dakota is just a really cool looking state and they're badlands and um, all these interesting landscapes. California is beautiful. I drove the whole length of California. Your listeners are all over the country, so everybody has pride about their own beauty. I mean, the Northeast is beautiful, too, where we live, the fall and all that. I have a lot of listeners and a lot of art students. That's how I know where they're from, because my art students, a lot of times I'll see their addresses. So I have some from Montana, I said from Idaho. Yeah, I drove through Idaho, too. And that, I mean, the United States is just a beautiful place if people, I mean, a lot of people have done it, but if you haven't, just get in the car and go. I have an advanced copy of the book in front of me, and there's a whole chapter called Places. I'm not going to read your poetry. Actually, Ron, you will read one of your poems. Absolutely. Later in this. Okay. But I just want to share some of the titles. So there's Stamford Station, about Connecticut. Stamford, Connecticut, yeah. Okay. Indiana Night Train. It's interesting how you went from a station to a train. Yeah. You know, trains are transition places. You see lots of people moving coming to and fro. They don't really talk. They just kind of move and you wonder who they are, where they're going in their lives, etc. But also trains and stations are metaphors in our own life. Right. Because it's a journey and we're going from stop to stop and it could be going on the local train or express train in your life. Yeah. Yeah, And there's that famous scene in Harry Potter. You know, I've read the books and listened to the audio and also podcast binge mode many times. But I don't know if you remember in the last Harry Potter movie where he almost dies and he goes to like this train station. It's supposed to be King's Cross. And it's basically he meets Dumbledore there. And it's that whole metaphor of being like, you can take the train to move on or go back. And so it's interesting how trains are, train yeah, stations that's a good point. provide these kind of metaphors. Going right into the book, you have Wisconsin Morning Blues. It's a good state, but I drove through it on a rainy Tuesday morning, I believe, and it was driving by cow pastures, and it was kind of muddy. I wanted to see a prettier side of it, but it was nothing to knock the state. It's just what I felt when I wrote that poem. So you were feeling kind of sad? I was alone, obviously. I wasn't sad. It was just, it was the weather that was producing that moment and the feeling of what I wrote. Okay. And then Foggy, Minnesota. Right. So driving from Wisconsin to Minnesota, it was, I guess, rainy and foggy. And the trip was actually in September of 1990. And it was a very beautiful month where there was very little rain. So most of the time, the weather was just beautiful, which makes every state beautiful. Mm. Moving on to Badlands. 
The Badlands in South Dakota, if people have seen it, very interesting rock formations and colors and the sunrise, sunset. It's just, just a beautiful landscape. Really beautiful. The last poem you included in this chapter, and there's New York City has its own chapter, I just want to say, but the last one you have in this chapter is Detroit. Right. So Detroit, I wrote about the rebirth or the, I guess the rebirth to is happening or will happen in Detroit. You know, it's lost so many people over the years and the auto industry has taken some lumps and bumps, but I sense a spirit of the people trying to bring back the city. And I've read articles about homesteaders and artists moving there and people landscaping vacant land and all kinds of interesting things. And it really, it brings up the human spirit of never quitting and always bringing back something good after such a loss of, you know, jobs and homes. Yeah. This poem you wrote in 2013. Now, I just want to circle back to what I talked about in the introduction, if, in case anyone's wondering why we're talking about poetry this week or why I have my husband on to talk about his poems in particular. So first of all, the poetry book does have my artwork interspersed throughout it. I do have to say I did not illustrate the book in the traditional sense, meaning I didn't take the poems and come up with an illustration for each poem. But what we did was I had my studio manager help me curate art for the book that she felt reflected similar themes that were expressed in the poetry. So for example, this chapter five places, it includes a barn painting, it includes a landscape that I had done of upstate in the Catskills, as well as paintings of sheep. And of course, there are cows and things like that throughout the book and other places. And then, for example, in the New York City chapter, of course, there are my paintings of New York City. But it's not as if I took Ron's poems and then illustrated them. So it's a little bit different than a traditional illustrated book. But the other thing that I thought you will be interested in, you, my listener, is we're going to talk a little bit about how we're launching the book. So we have to talk about the process of the publish, how we publish it, because I'm sure some of you may be intrigued or curious or motivated now to put together your own art book or your own poetry book. And I would love to encourage anyone to do that. And we're also going to talk about the fears that we have around this, both in recording this podcast, in launching the book, and releasing it out to the world. So first, I wanted to talk about the self-publishing process. So this is actually the second book Ron has self-published. The first one, he did not publish on Amazon, though. He's self-published. And Ron, can you describe that process since you know it so intimately? Sure. So I used a company out of, I think it was Michigan, or maybe it was Wisconsin, and I um, sent them the file, I believe in PDF. And the book was 277 pages about basically my life. I started with my first memory at four and went up to the time when I was, I guess at that time was 52. They were great. It was edited first, you know, ready to go. And then I sent it to them and they sent back a proof and I sent them pictures and the pictures are the insert kind of in the middle of the book. And once I approved it, they hit print and we printed up 100 copies and basically gave them out to family and friends. I I have about maybe eight or 10 left. Yeah. And just so you know, this was not a monetized project. So the idea was Ron created something that he wanted to put out into the world. 
Exactly. And it was not exactly as Miriam said, it was not to make money. It was to capture my life and to actually clean off my brain, my hard drive and my brain and, and write down the stuff that I've been thinking about for years and growing up and, you know, growing up basically in the Catskills in New York State, upstate, about 100 miles north of New York City, and then making my whole career in New York City building affordable housing. I do want to go back to that book and perhaps freshen it and do an epilogue and maybe put it out there. It's a good read. A lot of people really enjoyed reading the book. Going through this whole process through Amazon, we should just put your memoir out there in the same format. I agree. And I think I was encouraged by the people who read it who kind of know me but didn't know me, but they said, wow, that reminds me of stuff when I was growing up. Or you, you triggered some thoughts in my life. We all go through similar experiences in life, although never the same. But I think people who grew up, I was born in late 1962, and people who grew up in that time, and then you go through the 60s, late 60s, the 70s, 80s, and we all go through the same stuff together as we climb through our, our careers. Mm. What's different about this book is that we are launching it on Amazon. Why don't you tell me, what is your primary motivation for this putting this book out in the world? I think that poetry speaks to a lot of people. I mean, my biography obviously is about myself, but poetry can be used by many people who may never meet me, who could relate to a place that they've seen or feeling or just enjoy poetry. And I, you know, I said, let me take all these poems that I had in a, in kind of a self produced volume and then other poems in a big folder, kind of choreograph them, put them together into 10 chapters and say, you know what? I think people would like this. I think people will enjoy this. And yeah, the fear is maybe they don't like it, but I don't really care about that. I think more people are going to say, this is really interesting stuff. And there's about, I, I didn't count them, 70 something poems, I believe. There's a lot. Yeah. And I, I think that there's going to be a, a lot of poems in there that people can relate to. Yeah. So we also recorded an audio book. Correct. I actually read the whole book. I read the intro and, and I read every poem. What we decided to do is that anyone who does purchase a hard copy of the book, one of the inside pages tells you how you can get your hands on that audiobook. And if you order it through Amazon with one of the early signup links, we'll, we'll tell you how to do that. And that will tell you how you can order the book as well as how to get the audiobook as a bonus for ordering the book. Like you can just tell us what your order number was on Amazon. And this book is only available through Amazon. It's not going to be in any bookstores. So one other thing, Miriam, on the, when I read the poems, there will be insight to, to many of the poems. So a lot of times, like you listen to a song on a on an album or you read a poem, and it's like, well, where, why did that person write that or sing that? I think pretty much in all the poems I give about one or two thoughts about where I was and why I wrote the poem. Oh, I love that. I can't wait to listen. Yeah. And there's insight to what was going on at the time, also what influenced me and just some other thoughts. I mean, there's a poem about Nelson Mandela when he became free Wow. in 1990, I believe. And I wrote a poem the next day about Nelson Mandela. That's awesome. We're making ourselves sound so brave. We're doing this, we're doing this. But let's be honest, Ron actually finished this poetry book it was before December of last year. Like I think it was even earlier, right? Correct. When did you actually finish it? Late last year. And we've been circling the airport, I guess, trying to get this thing <laughs> off the ground. But we're, we're both very busy. We both have our own businesses. Well, no, that's very kind of you, but it really is all my fault that it took this long. Let's be, let's be perfectly honest. I was terrified of releasing this to the world. And it's not because I thought people wouldn't like your poems or wouldn't like my art. 
but I just didn't know how to promote a book. And I was afraid of letting you down. It's a kind of an intimidating process. But with our research and then your assistant, Anna, helping us, I think we're going to get this done pretty, it'll be done yeah, nicely. And the mechanics actually weren't that difficult. So I'll, I'll explain for people who want to know how to do it. I'm going to tell you right now. Ron is very old school. So he was just emailing us back and forth Microsoft Word documents. What I had my studio manager do, many of you know her, Anna. I had her format this and we actually used Canva to format it with artwork and turn it into a PDF. Then she figured out, so I actually don't know how to do any of this because she figured it all out. But the mechanics are once we had it in PDF form, we then used Create Space, which is an online software program that is owned by Amazon. And that seamlessly allowed us to put it onto Amazon. We ordered a proof copy. Ron made changes. We went back. We've been editing those changes. But that's pretty much the mechanical process of creating the book for sale was not such a big deal. The harder thing for me to wrap my head around was how to market it. Because I know how to market my art. I know how to market my online art classes with as many of you know, my webinars and my free video series, but I really didn't know much about launching a book. So that has been a learning experience. But actually, Miriam came up with the idea when I when I said I want to do the poetry book and I was going to do it my old-fashioned way. Yeah, you were going to send it out to Indiana or whatever well, that yeah, place was, yeah. I think the company is called Digipod, to give them a shout out. I mentioned to Miriam, and she said, wait a minute, let me put art in this book and it'll be a poetry and art book. And I said, that's a pretty good idea because you know, art is I don't think you were so enthusiastic to begin with. It didn't take long. It took maybe one arm twist and I I, I was pretty much on board and I just wanted to get it done because I like accomplishing stuff and, you know, completing the project. Yeah. So Ron didn't have any of the fears of marketing. To him, it was more like if you, once you figure it out, just say it's for sale. And I was like, oh, it has to, we have to have a launch. It has to be an event. We have to let people know ahead of time and get them excited. It's kind of like, to me, everything has to be like a movie premiere where you build up the excitement. You don't just suddenly find out, oh, Star Wars 8 is out. It's out tonight. Go watch it. So I wanted to build up some excitement. So that's why we've been talking about it a little bit on the podcast and then this episode. So, honey, would you like to tell them about where the title of the book, Writer's Sketch, came from? Right. So the title of the book, A Writer's Sketch, is a poem I wrote about, actually, Miriam and I, when we were dating and, and about nine months before we got engaged. So I think it was written at a time where we were communicating and talking to each other about our relationship. I can read it if you want or however you want to talk about the poem. Yeah, so this is actually the poem that's for me. There may be some other poems in the book that were written for other girls. There might be a couple, but they're... <laughs> <laughs> Those were a very long time ago. Yeah, so any poems written before... December 1990 were for a different girlfriend. (laughs) To be fair, they were all written in good taste. And and just, again, poetry is is about an expression or a thought and a feeling. And this is not, I think, written in bad taste. Oh, no, no. And by the way, the book size is, it's uh, a paperback, not too small, but not too big. It'll be easy on the eyes for people who have reading glasses and not too big to hold. You could actually probably put it in your purse or definitely your backpack. This is a poem about Miriam and myself, and this is entitled A Writer's Sketch. 
Tonight, I draw myself for you, sketching the outline, shading the background, coloring the body, painting the picture. I deliver myself unedited. Perhaps you're not ready for this complete picture, not ready yet to hold it to you. Standing alone and independent seems so inviting. You long for diversity and challenge. You listen to my offer of compromise. You're an artist. Perhaps you understand compromise as well. Perhaps you don't. Your canvas of paintings depicts similar images, like thoughts, arrowed conviction. I'm a writer. I deliver through my pen. I long to tell you how I became inspired by you, but I'll let you read my message instead. I love your wit and intelligence. It's reflected in your persona and your painting. You stand tall, speak firmly, and reach for a lot. You reach for it all. You want to see more. And I do too. There's so much more that I want to see and do, have to see and do, alone and apart, two and together. You might not see my yearnings all so closely, but they are there. Yours might seem too inviting, but mine remain there for the taking, and for the taking I will offer. I stand before you with no promise, no guarantee. I release my sketch to you to view, to see a deeper image of the same goofy clown and tender loving soul. Take a closer look for yourself. Carry this picture with you. Pull it out when you feel. Place it where you wish. And that was written on November 24th, 1991. Yeah, I was going to break up with him, but then I changed my mind. Good choice. (laughs) Very wise choice not to break up. All right, Ron, do you have any last words for my listeners before we call this podcast complete? I want to thank you for inviting me on the show and for working with me to get this book out there to the public. I hope they enjoy it. I hope poetry speaks to you. And I do mention in the book, I ask people to write your own poetry or what do these poems mean to you? And maybe it will encourage people to write more who are artists. And so many of your listeners and customers are are not only artists, but they're probably writers too. So it's a good combo. No, I I think a lot of my listeners are multi-passionate. They're not all painters. They're creative souls. And poetry is, it's a language that you can write a poem in four lines or four pages. You know, it depends on what the subject is and how quickly you can get to the point. And I think that's what it's all about. Thanks so much for joining me today, Ron. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. And thanks for having me as your 50th guest. Yes. Don't forget, you can order the book, A Writer's Sketch, over on Amazon. We will have a link to that in the show notes, which is episode number 50. And if you want to leave a comment or a question for either of us or for my husband, the best place to do that is on the blog. Once again, that's shulmanart.com forward slash 50. Hey, who knows? Maybe we'll do a little follow-up for you, a Q&A either on the podcast or over on my Facebook page. And finally, to wrap this all up, I just want to remind everybody to subscribe to the podcast. So if you are on an iPhone... You can do that on that purple podcasting device and hit the word subscribe. If you're doing it on Spotify, you hit the word follow. You won't miss a single episode if you can ensure that it goes straight to your phone. And I've been brewing up some really amazing ones, incredible guests coming your way. Okay. Thanks so much, everyone, for being with me here today. I will see you the same time, same place next week. Make it a great one. Bye for now. 
Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course on shulmanart.com. The writer sketch, you can actually order the book, either a Kindle version, or you can order the paperback version directly from me on my website. You'll find the links to that over at shulmanart.com forward slash poetry book. <laughs>